This podcast is brought to you by the Nuclear Energy Institute. It powers our cities. It boosts our economy. It creates jobs. It even powers space travel. It's nuclear energy. And it does so much more than you think. Discover all nuclear is doing at discovernuclear.com backslash CQ. From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is the Budget Tracker Extra podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress spends your money. Republicans unveiled their long-awaited tax plan that calls for large tax cuts and, critics say, bigger budget deficits. Now comes the hard part, trying to get it passed without the support from any Democrats. And that effort begins in earnest this week. I'm David Lerman editor of the CQ Budget Tracker newsletter. And with me today is Jennifer Shutt, who covers the budget process, and Jeremy Dillon, who covers energy policy. We also want to welcome Peter Cohn, CQ's new budget and appropriations editor, who will join our podcast in coming weeks. And Jennifer, let's start with the strategy Republicans are using to try to get their tax plan passed, because it's very similar to the approach they used in trying to repeal and replace Obamacare. How do they hope to get this done? So Republicans are planning to move their tax overhaul bill through the same budget reconciliation process that they attempted to move repeal and replace through. They're going to get a new budget resolution adopted in the in the next month or so, and that will give them new reconciliation instructions allowing them to move forward with the tax bill. And that doesn't particularly matter in the House, but in the Senate, that allows them to avoid a Democratic filibuster like they can experience on regular bills. It also allows them to move forward with a simple majority. So that'll fast track it and bypass Democrats, they hope. Uh, Now, the Senate Budget Committee plans to mark up its budget resolution this week. What does it do to help the tax plan? So the Senate's budget resolution includes reconciliation instructions allowing the Senate Finance Committee to increase the deficits during the next 10 years by $1.5 trillion. That gives them a lot of headroom, as Senator Bob Corker would put it, to to mess around with what they put in the tax bill and how that would impact government revenues. And that's different from the House budget blueprint, right? What, what would their plan do? Yeah, so the House budget resolution, which was marked up and moved out of committee in July and will head to the House floor for a vote later this week, would require $203 billion in deficit reduction during the 10-year window, which is substantially different than what the Senate's reconciliation instructions are. Those are cuts to entitlement programs they're talking about doing. To mandatory spending programs, yes. Okay. Uh, And the House is scheduled to vote on their plan this week, too. Are the votes there to pass it? We believe so. The The House hasn't been able to bring its budget resolution to the floor for a while because the Conservative Freedom Caucus said that it didn't want to vote for a budget resolution until after it saw a detailed outline of the tax plan that came out last week. And the Freedom Caucus said that they were on board with what was in that preliminary plan. So it seems like everyone is in the House Republican conference is pretty much on board. 
I was speaking with Freedom Caucus Chairman Mark Meadows last week, and he said that two or three Freedom Caucus members may vote against it. There are also still some concerns among moderate Republicans in the House about some of those funding levels. But at this point in time, it feels like a lot of Republicans in the House and the Senate are beginning are continuing to view this budget resolution as a stepping stone to get to tax reform through that reconciliation process. And I assume House leaders wouldn't bring this measure to the floor if they thought there weren't the votes there to pass it. And they have it scheduled, right? Yeah, they have it scheduled. Okay. But with two different budget plans emerging soon, Republicans still need to find a compromise plan. Does Does a compromise seem likely soon? Yeah. So after the House passes their resolution and the Senate brings theirs to the floor, probably later in October, they're going to go to conference committee. And at that point in time, it sounds like most Republicans expect that the Senate's reconciliation instructions for that $1.5 trillion in, in additional deficits during the 10-year window will win out over the House, resu- House budget resolutions reconciliation instructions. And it seems like, well, the House favors their more conservative spending blueprint that they understand that the the tax bill will be much easier to write and advance and comply with the Senate's version of those reconciliation instructions. So in other words, they seem like they're opting for the no spending cuts, bigger deficit model. Right. So if they can get all that done, then Republicans can finally begin to advance on their tax legislation, which they're promising to get finished by before the end of this year. Will they? That all depends on whether or not they can get the votes in the House and the Senate. We've heard some Republicans who think that tax reform is going to be a much easier process for congressional Republicans than repeal and replace was. We've also heard from some Republicans that it is going to be much more difficult than repeal and replace efforts were. So that really just depends on what the final bills look like. And there is, of course, a scenario where we get different bills from the House and Senate that need to be conferenced and sent back to the respective chambers for final votes. That could take a little while. This is the first time that uh, Congress has tried to overhaul the tax code in several decades, and a lot of Republicans have said that they want to get it right because it might not be done again for several decades. Um, So in terms of doing it fast or doing it right, I think you're going to see most conservative lawmakers want to do it right. Um, But there is also the 2018 midterm primaries next spring, and a lot of lawmakers are going to want to spend more time in their districts, fundraising, meeting with constituents, and holding debates heading into those primaries. So there is some pressure to get it done sooner rather than later. Yeah, but we should point out they haven't done a tax code overhaul like this since 1986. So that's quite a long time ago, So, and it's very complicated to do. So this timeline could be ambitious. So we won't hold our breath for fast action on that. And now, more from our sponsor, the Nuclear Energy Institute. It powers our cities and towns across the country. It creates jobs. It adds billions to the economy. It even powers space travel. Life as we know it wouldn't be life as we know it without it. And it's called nuclear energy. Yes, nuclear energy. Every day, nuclear energy helps us to keep our country running and moving forward. Discover all the things nuclear is doing at discovernuclear.com backslash CQ. Nuclear. Power the extraordinary. In the meantime, the budget resolution could also open the door to another policy fight that could be just as contentious and as partisan as the tax battle, which brings us to Jeremy. 
Jeremy, what are Republicans up to? Yeah, so taxes are getting all the main headlines, and for good reason, because that's a major effort everyone's going through. But uh, tucked into the budget is a little nugget that uh, Republicans are trying to open up a uh, oil and gas leasing area up in Alaska that's been off limits for more than 30 years. Um, it's a battle in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, it's, uh, if you remember in the mid-2000s, it was a really big policy issue that was going on. Uh, now it's been pushed off for a little bit during the Obama years, but now it's back in full force with uh, the Trump administration pushing their U.S. energy dominance platform for their energy policy. And why would they be using the budget resolution to do this? So uh, back in 1980, Congress uh, set aside a part of this uh, refuge uh, to potentially be open to oil and gas drilling at some point in the future if Congress had determined they could do it. Uh, so far, Congress has never been able to get over the 60-vote threshold in the Senate to do so. And as uh, Jennifer said earlier about getting things through a little bit easier in the Senate, uh, they may be able to get the votes, especially with uh, energy chairwoman Lisa Murkowski, who's from Alaska, being in charge of uh, getting the getting through, the legislation yeah, through right. the uh, process. And how would Democrats, do you think, react to this move? Democrats have largely opposed opening up Anwar the Arctic to Refuge to oil and drilling because of its just natural beauty. For a while, this is a big environmental uh push that's been going on for for more than 30 years. And so uh, they're unlikely to get Democratic support for it. Uh, the big question to me is whether Senator John McCain or Senator Susan Collins will join Democrats in this opposition to it. They have in the past, um, but we'll see if tax reform can actually uh, get them to get on board with opening up the oil and gas drilling leases. And how do they justify this as a budget matter? How do they get this into the budget resolution? So uh, like much of the land in Alaska, it's all federally owned land. And when you oil, when you drill for oil and gas or you mine for coal on federal land, the government gets a portion of the revenues for royalties. Uh, it's about uh, around 12.5%. Uh, they also get a portion of the lease sale. So uh, any tract of land that's sold on federal land for these operations, uh, the federal government gets revenues. So the budget sets aside, tells the Energy and Natural Resource Committee to find a billion dollars in deficit reductions. Over a decade. Over a decade. Yeah. And so that's how they would do it. It would be through the lease sales and through the royalty uh, contributions to the Treasury. Okay. So on top of a huge tax battle and a budget fight, we might be seeing a sideshow over oil drilling, which should be enough to keep our hands full in coming weeks. But CQ will cover it all for you, as always. Thank you, Jennifer, and thank you, Jeremy, for joining me today, both. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I could make my budget podcast debut. Good to have you. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your Budget Tracker editor. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.